Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et Messieurs, merci d'avoir patienté et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique des résultats du quatrième trimestre 2021 de 5 N+. Présentement, les lignes des participants sont en mode d'écoute seulement. Après la présentation, il y aura une période de questions et réponses. Pour poser une question, appuyez sur étoile et le 1 de votre clavier téléphonique. Si vous avez besoin d'assistance, veuillez appuyer sur étoile 0. Je vais maintenant céder la parole à Monsieur Richard Perrand, chef de la direction financière. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by and welcome to the 5N+. Fourth quarter 2021 results conference call. At this time, note that all participants are in listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. And if you require operator assistance, please press star 0. I would like to join the conference over to your speaker today, Richard Perron, Chief Financial Officer. Please go ahead, sir. Bonjour à toutes et à tous. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our fourth quarter and fiscal year ended December 31st, 2021 financial results conference call. We'll begin with an overview of our business performance, strategies, and the review of our financial results, after which we'll begin the question period. Joining me this morning is Gervais Jacques, our interim president and chief executive officer. We issued yesterday our financial statements, and we have posted a short presentation on the investor section of our website. I would like to draw your attention to slide two of the presentation. Information in this presentation and remarks made by the speakers today will contain statements about expected future events and financial results that are forward-looking and therefore subject to risk and uncertainties. A detailed description of the risk factors that may affect future results is contained in our management discussion and analysis of 2021, dated February 22, 2022, available on our website and our public findings. In the analysis of our quality and full year results, you will note that we use and discuss certain non-IFRS measures, which definitions may differ from those used by other companies. For further information, please refer to our management discussion analysis. I would like now to turn the conference to Gervais for the discussion on the business and quarter results. Gervais. Bonjour à tous. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning. I would like to start the call by saying few words about my experience since being appointed interim CEO late last year and the key elements driving our future growth. I've been a proud member of the board of 5N Plus since May 2020, and now proudly serving as interim CEO since December 1st, 2021, at a unique time for the company. I'm a chemical engineer by trade. Prior to joining the board, I was the managing director of Rio Tinto Aluminum, and prior to that, I was the chief commercial officer of Rio Tinto Aluminum. Since my appointment, I have had the chance to meet with the many leaders and talented people that make this company a global leader in the markets in which we operate. Each of our sites globally and our teams bring unique expertise, scientific and manufacturing capabilities. Each contribute to providing critical products to a diversified set of sectors, including high-profile specialty semiconductors. 
the company just completed a demanding year, delivering significant revenue growth in the quarter and of, on a full-year basis. This was driven by strong demand for health and products, renewable energy, among other sectors, despite global business challenges. We also established a unique specialty semiconductor platform with the completion of our strategic acquisition of Azure late in the quarter. This transaction is a result of growing recognition within the company that the dynamics have changed and that it was time to create a new business model for 5 and plus with a complete value chain, one that is focused on providing sustainable value. Looking ahead, there are four elements that enable us to differentiate ourselves in the market and which are critical to our near-term success and growth objectives. First, the acquisition and, and integration of Azure Space. Secondly, our investment at our Montreal site called Project Saint-Laurent. Thirdly, our unique positioning in medical imaging. And finally, commercial excellence. First, on Azure, I've just returned from Germany where I spent time at Azure Space where we have just onboarded more than 300 people, a large number of which are scientists dedicated to developing and producing solar cells for space applications and CPV. Demand in this market is very strong and we have a solid confirmed backlog. We also have a team of 30 professionals in R&D developing new high technology material, materials products. Azure is a market leader with compelling attributes a highly skilled and experienced workforce, a strong portfolio of intellectual property, strong backlog, and solid financial support from several agencies. The combination of 5 and Plus and Azure forms a, a one-of-a-kind ecosystem, a fully integrated value chain of compound semiconductor products, from the procurement of critical materials to finished epitaxy-engineered substrate. In time, this will allow our entry and access to new larger markets such as high power electronics, electric mobility, wireless charging, and advanced communications with the development and commercialization of wide band gap materials, more precisely gallium nitride. We aim also at unlocking tangible synergies resulting in more value capture from the space and security market. Demand for satellites is on an upward trend, both for large and smaller size satellites. The main drivers of this demand are the need of, for geolocalization, accurate weather forecasting, global communications, and defense applications. There is no doubt that the combination of the two businesses will unlock synergies and solid long-term growth for 5 and plus. Second, our St. Laurent project here in Montreal. The past, this past June, the company announced the expansion of the development and manufacturing of critical materials, including those containing tellurium for advanced semiconductor compounds and engineered powders. 
As a result of this investment, approximately 50% of all tellurium production worldwide will be produced here in Montreal, part of our onshoring strategy. Closed-loop management of, of, of critical materials, including much of our own in-process byproducts, those of our customers and suppliers will no doubt enhance the sustainability and competitiveness of our business model. The St. Laurent project is progressing very well and is expected to be completed by the end of the second quarter of 2022. This will strengthen our positioning and ability to serve the renewable energy sector as well as for other technology applications. Demand for products related to renewable energy, namely solar power, has remained robust, robust within 5 and plus, working collaboratively with its key customer to further enhance the overall viability and competitiveness of the camion telluride technology and our ability to penetrate unsubsidized markets. Renewable energy remains a key growth vector for 5 and plus, and the Saint Laurent project will reinforce our competitiveness and critical role in this sector. We, also we will also continue to leverage our unique positioning in, in the medical imaging market, a market ripe for innovation with increased demand for enhanced diagnostics, radiation reduction, and lower operating costs. Photocontinue detector, or PCD, technology is at the forefront of addressing the latent demands associated with the mar this market, and 5N Plus has expanded its value chain, utilizing is its unique ultra-high purity metals and compounds to develop engineered substrates. These efforts have resulted in an array of engineered substrates facilitating unsurpassed performance in customer applications, ranging from PCD-based solutions in medical imaging to engineered substrates for infrared imaging and other applications within the security industry. Over the course of 2021, the medical imaging industry confirmed its intention to move to PCD and 5N Plus is uniquely positioned to become the leading global supplier of engineered substrates for PCD-based medical imaging applications, a sector with high valuation. As an example, Canon's takeover of Redland Technologies valued the company at over 400 million. Finally, a very important and overarching theme for me is commercial excellence. Our commercial strategy has now been enhanced and our go-to-market strategy for our market segments is clear and well-defined and will be gradually implemented in 2022. We will be increasingly shifting from a customer-supplier relationship to a partnership approach wherever possible, thereby creating additional values for both parties. Our goal is to have an even better understanding of the unique value of our different products in various applications. We will be able to offer a distinctive value proposition 
implementing our value pricing strategy and clearly positioning the Western world advantage of 5 and plus. We have already had some quick wins and this go-to-market strategy will make the company more resilient. Our ultimate goal is to expand our addressable market with an improved product mix, clearly establishing our importance within the critical specialty semiconductor and performance materials space. With these four key elements and focus areas in mind, our near-term priority is to ensure the successful integration of Azure to unlock the full potential of our now unrivaled vertically integrated specialty semiconductor value chain. We will also continue to accelerate the company's growth trajectory in 2022, both organically and through acquisitions, Focus on the right markets. The company's mission is clear and we will continue to invest in our people, to be a strategic partner to our customers, and to create long-term value for our shareholders. In conclusion, I wish to express our sincere thanks to our employees around the world for their dedication and many contributions in 2021. We also thank, you, thank our customers for their trust in us and our shareholders for their confidence and support. With that, I will turn the call over to Richard to discuss our fourth quarter and full year financial results. Richard, over to you. Merci, Gervais. <coughs> so good morning, everyone. So we are happy to report on our fourth quarter and fiscal year 2021 results with you all this morning. The company delivered strong results despite unfavorable global business conditions, establishing a unique platform around specialty semiconductors with the strategic acquisition of Azure Space, threatening the company's value chain, competitive capabilities, and opening new business opportunities for the future. As mentioned by Gervais, the company delivered significant revenue growth over last year, notwithstanding Azure Space, confirming the unique and strategic role the company plays in many critical industries we serve. Before we quickly go through some of the key figures, I would like to highlight that following the acquisition of Azure Space, the company renamed its disclosed segments to specialty semiconductors and performance materials. The specialty semiconductor segments is similar to the former electronic materials segment, integrating the products and operations of Azure Space, focusing on products which are used on a number of applications, such as renewable energy, space satellites, and imaging. Typical end markets include photovoltaics, medical imaging, infrared imaging, up to electronics, and advanced electronics. Products are sold either in semiconductors, compounds, semiconductor substrates, ultra-high purity metals, epitaxial semiconductor wafers, and solar cells. As for the performance material segments, it is similar to the former eco-friendly material segment, focusing on products that are used in a number of applications, such as pharmaceutical and healthcare, various industries, as well as catalytic and extractive. Main products are sold either as active pharmaceutical ingredients, animal feed additives, specialized chemicals, commercial-grade metals, alloys, and engineering powders. All commercial-grade metal cells have been regrouped under performance materials, as well as those of engineering powders. Back to the performance of 2021. The company's results of 2021 were largely impacted by incremental costs associated with international freight and consumables, daunting many other businesses worldwide. Adjusting for these factors, the adjusted EBITDA of both the fourth quarter and the full year have surpassed, would have surpassed 2020, 
Mindful of inflation and its impact on our businesses, we continue to be disciplined, focused, and methodic, yet bold on how we address those challenges to support growth. Fireman Plus continues to carefully align its business development, emphasizing our value-added products and better margins, allowing the company to deliver solid results despite unforeseeable factors, progressing, progressively increasing its addressable markets. Mindful of inflation and its impact on our businesses, we continue to be disciplined, focused. Um, so now, starting with the coverage of revenue and gross margin, followed by the adjusted EBITDA and net earnings. Revenue in Q4 2021 increased by 40%, reaching 64.6 million compared to 46.2 million in the same period last year, favorably impacted by the contribution of 17 million coming from Azure for the specialty semiconductor segment, as well as higher demand for performance materials products. Adjusted gross margin in Q4 2021 was 15 million or 23.2% compared to 11.6 million or 25.2% in Q4 of last year, impacted by inflation, notably for international freight and consumables. Adjusted gross margin on a full year basis was 49.3 or 23.5% compared to 48.9 million in the previous year. For specialty semiconductor segments, on a full year basis, revenue was 70.6 million compared to 57.6 million. In, in 2020, and adjusted gross margin was 31.5% compared to 42.3% in full year 2020. Mainly explained by a non-favorable sales mix and materially higher costs for international freight and consumables. For performance material segments, the full year 2021 revenue was 139.3 million compared to 119.6 million last year, with adjusted gross margin at 19.8% compared to 21.2% last year. The group adjusted EBITDA in Q4 reached 10.1 million compared to 6.5 million in Q4 of last year, supported by the acquisition of Azure, mitigating significant cost increases. On a full year basis, the adjusted EBITDA reached 28.2 million compared to 28.8 million last year, supported by the solid performance in materials and performance materials, but impacted by costs. For the specialty semiconductor segments, the adjusted EBITDA decreased by 2.5 million to 18.8 million in full year 2021, while for performance material segment, the adjusted EBITDA increased by 1.9 million to 19 million. On a full year basis, net earnings were 3.1 million compared to 2.2 million last year. So now looking at the analyzed backlog, if you compare Q4 of this year versus Q3 of this year, the backlog on December 31st represented 221 days of analyzed revenue and increased to 47 days or 27% over the backlog of September. The contribution of Azure represents 31% of the total value of the backlog as of December and was included in the bookings of specialty semiconductors in Q4 of this year. The backlog on December 31st, 2021 for the specialty semiconductor segment presented 293 days of analyzed segment revenue and increase of 53 days or 22% over the backlog of September. The backlog for the performance material segment represented 160 days of analyzed revenue, an increase of 16 days or 11% over the backlog of September. Quickly going through the expenses, uh, depreciation amortization for the full year amounted to 12.5 compared to 11.7 last year. SGN expenses for the full year were 21.9 compared to 19.9 for 2020, inclusive of Azure. On a full year basis, share-based compensation Expense amounted to 0.7 million compared to 1.8 million for the same period of 2020, reflecting the scheduled vesting of long-term incentive plans mitigated by the negative changes in the company share price. In 2021, financial expense amounted to 4.1 million compared to 6.3 million last year, 
The decrease is mainly due to a lower loss in foreign exchange and derivatives recorded in full year 2021 compared to the same period last year. While the interest on a long-term debt increased in this year following the increase in the long-term debt follow, following the acquisition of Azure during Q4 2021. The company reported earnings before income taxes of 8.7 million this year. Income tax expenses this year were 5.6 million compared to 5 million last year, impacted again by different tax assets, assets applicable only in certain jurisdictions. Covering liquidity, cash generated by operating activities amounted to 10.3 million compared to 36.8 million last year. The decrease this year is mainly due to lower contribution of funds from operating activities combined with a negative change in the non-cash working capital. On a full-year basis, cash used in investing activities totaled 49.9 million compared to 8.5 million last year, mainly attributed to the acquisition of Azure, a minority stake in Microbion earlier this year, as well as the timing of certain additions to PPE. On a full-year basis, the cash generated from financing activities amounted to 36.2 million compared to cash use from financing activities of 8.8 .8 last year. The increase of 45 explained by the drawdown on our credit facility to finance the acquisition of Azure. Net of repayment of certain loans in Azure. And during 2021, the company repurchased and canceled a lower number of common shares under its uh, NCIB compared to last year. So now looking at growth in that debt, total debt increase to 116 million compared to 50.1 million to finance the acquisition of Azure. Then on a net debt basis, after considering cash and cash equivalent, an increase to 80 million versus 10 million last year. So this will conclude the financial review. We'll now be taking questions from the analysts. Thank you. Merci. Mesdames et Messieurs, nous allons procéder à la période de questions et réponses. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Your first question comes from David Ocampo with Cormac Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Richard, last quarter you guys noted that uh, your expenses uh, or your EBITDA got hit by a million and a half in the higher consumable and freight expenses. I was wondering if you could provide a little bit more color on, on what the impact was, was this quarter and, and your ability to mitigate those factors. Okay. Um, for the fourth quarter, uh, I don't have indeed the exact figure, but but the range is similar to Q3. Okay. Uh, and then in order to mitigate all of that, um, as we've mentioned on the last call, uh, for a good portion of our business, when it comes to Q4 and Q1, uh, different products are negotiated for the full year. Okay. Long-term contracts. So, as we mentioned last time, it won't be possible to recover all of that inflation impact recover a good portion of it though through adjustments to various pricing formulas that we have across those those contracts okay which by default tends to be more under the performance material segment okay and then if i take a look at the the specialty semi margins i know they're they're still down from last year but they they've rebounded quite nicely um, despite those pressures that we just talked about so so i'm just curious what are what are the factors driving that and and how should we be thinking about the margin trend going forward Okay. Um, there's essentially two key factors, okay, two main factors explaining the decrease. One of them, as you recall, 2020, we've done extremely well when it, when it came to the medical imaging sector, okay? And as we've mentioned, uh, and now we have declared our partner, we all know now that it's uh, partnering up with Samsung and, and other players within that sector that are not Samsung, but all together, that sector, Samsung and other clients within the sector, uh, they've done pretty well in 2020, and, and, and we've supplied a lot of 
semiconductor materials to these guys in order to qualify their products, okay? So that's, that's one of the main factors that explains the difference between 20 and 21. The other factor, as you know, within renewable energy, we have, have long-term contracts with our partner that are renewed at various point in time, and the current contract that is in place is, um, is essentially more backloaded. So we do expect better volume this year than last year. And then on top of it, uh, because of the way it is priced, uh, we ended up in a, let's say, an unfavorable period last year due to uh, various aspects of that contract that will improve over time. But going into 2022, uh, under renewable energy, essentially, the volume and mix of products that we supply under that segment will be more favorable than 2021. Okay, that's it for me. I'll hand the call over. Thank you. Your next question comes from Rupert Merer with National Bank. Please go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, morning. Looking morning. at the the contribution from Azure in the quarter was uh, stronger than what we might have anticipated. Can you give us a sense of of uh, how the uh, the results uh, maybe came out compared to what you were anticipating and and what we should be looking for as a as a run rate from uh, Azure in 2022? Okay. Um, just 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 for all listeners to this call, as we mentioned in the past, the business of Azure. Uh, while we have a lot of visibility as to what will happen in the following year and the year after, when it comes to the actual realization of revenue and profitability in a, in a fiscal year, um, it's not equal from one quarter to another. Okay? Um, obviously, we'll do our best to, um, to kind of nivel it over the various quarters, but it's going to be a challenge. So, so Azure, in the, well, historically for the last few years, their profitability and sales was backloaded in a year. Okay, and then going forward, there's a bit of unknown if that pattern will continue. But the pattern in terms of sales and profit from one quarter to another is not perfect. It's not equal. Okay, so we ended up uh, acquiring Azure at the end of the year, so we've captured a fair bit of that business. But on a forward-looking basis, as we've disclosed in prior and uh, previous press releases and following the acquisition, it's a business that brings 60 million euros of sales or so a year generates an EBITDA in a 7 million plus range euro a year, okay? And as Gervais mentioned during his, uh, in his introduction, I mean, this whole industry of satellites for both large and small satellites is on an upward trend. So what Azure and ourselves see going forward is, 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 is a, a ramp up of sales and, and, uh, and associated profitability. And Richard, if I may add on, uh, I think with Azure, because of this satellite, the demand for satellite, which is on an upward trend, we have the unique opportunity to implement commercial excellence and prioritizing value over volume. And I think we have a strong backlog. It's, it's up to us to make sure that we're maximizing the value of it. All right, great, thank you. And can you talk about the business? Uh, what are the, uh, how diversified are, are your customers? Do you see uh, any customer concentration with Azure? Well, by default, as we disclosed in previous uh, press releases, Azure has a strong position in Europe. So Azure opens up Europe for satellites for us. Okay, and out of Europe, they have a fairly diversified set of clients. But but as you can imagine, the, the satellite industry, you're not talking of many hundreds. Okay, uh, but they're they're diversified as to the various players in Europe, and they also have clients in Asia and North America. Okay? But but they're extremely strong by default in Europe which is a positive for us as we were already established in North America. 
Great. And then, then finally on Azure, so you've had the acquisition now for a, a few months, and you talked about the, the fact that you're active in R&D, looking to develop some of these new products. Can you give us an, an update on your thoughts on on timing of, of when you might be able to uh, see an introduction of some of these new technologies to the market? Okay. Today, I mean, uh, Jovan and myself were um, at Azure last week. That team is extremely enthusiastic about developing what we uh, what we refer to as wideband gap materials, more precisely gallium nitride. Um, over the last few years, they've made sure they had the right patents in place, they acquired the right equipment, and they've been able to produce um, samples for their clients in order to accelerate qualification. So then on a go-forward basis, the team has already prepared a, a long list of equipment um, and, a, and a qualification plan going forward. It's going to take, it's not something that will pay over the next couple of years, but we expect that within a range of three years, three to five years, um, we'll have a product ready to be commercialized um, and have success with it. Very good. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Michael Glenn with Raymond James. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh, maybe just a follow-up on that on, on the last question. You talked about uh, some equipment purchases that might be necessary. Are you able to give some indications on what CapEx might look like over the next few years? For, for private plus as a whole. Yeah. Well, the team knows well. The team has uh, has already placed and received some initial equipment. The team is working out the final plan as to the rollout of required equipment. Okay, it's going to be a ramp up uh, that that will match the qualification phase and else. Okay, so at this time it's a bit early to disclose the full amount, especially that 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 uh, um, that we're currently finalizing the rollout plan. Okay. And maybe just switching over, um, are you able to give some indications uh, for working capital next year, Richard? Working capital, well, you, you have our balance sheet as of December of this year. Okay, as I've mentioned earlier, the, the business at, of Azure, the actual pattern of, 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 of revenue and profitability is not, is not equal from one quarter to another. But um, assuming that the pattern of 2022 repeats 2021, the working capital that you see on our balance sheet as of December should, should, should be pretty much the range that will end next year. Okay. Um, and then circling to the uh, project Saint Laurent that you're working on, can you talk about like how does this project change? How is it anticipated to change your production cost profile for the material and does it also change um how does it change your sourcing strategy as well for the material okay uh looking at cost okay if if, if you recall behind it is the uh is the combination of of more than one site into one site so by default you improve the overhead associated with that type of operations forward okay and then we are introducing new technologies and we're, we have a better process flow and else. So overall, we expect gains from a cost perspective, an operating cost perspective, okay? And then on top of it, those new technologies will allow us to bring feeds that we were not bringing in the past or that we were not able to economically treat in the past. Hmm. So we'll have two key benefits there, okay? 
Okay. And if I may again on that, on, on that, maybe this onshoring strategy will will help us, you know, to to really play this uh, Western wall advantage. I think being closer to our market, you know, producing the tellurium closer to our market will obviously bring some advantage. Okay, and are, are you able to indicate? Is it is it a ten percent type cost reduction? 15 or 20 are you able to give some indication such as that it um not on this call but 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 it's it's definitely a, a two digits uh, improvement on cost yeah two digits and then finally just wondering are, are you guys going to provide uh guidance for the full year with uh, the q1 report yeah that's the plan the plan is to do like we've done in the, in the previous years is as we disclose our q1 results we'll uh, provide the the market with the um uh, range in terms of guidance. Okay, perfect. Thanks for taking the questions. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Frederick Trombley with Desjardins. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Bonjour. Uh, so one of the priorities that you're uh, outlining uh, for 2022 is, is acquisitions. I was wondering if you could provide a bit more color on your acquisition strategy and how you plan to balance that strategy with you know the need to integrate Azure as well as your current leverage on the balance sheet. Just maybe as a starting point, obviously the integration of Azure is, is a, a key priority of 2022. In terms of acquisition, um, I think we've been vocal in the past that, that we like uh, pharmaceutical and health, okay? But at the same time, I mean, as you all know, we're, we're a highly diversified business in terms of the markets we serve. So we're definitely open to, to um, more diversification if the opportunity arises. The key, the key is to find the right business um, out of which we'll create synergies forward. Yeah, and if again, on top of that, I would say that I'm quite impressed about the great capabilities that we have within 5N. And uh, I think we, looking at it, I think the need for critical materials and I think is just increasing then uh, we need we, we, I think we are now looking broadly of what else can we do as well and the, the platform of 5n is a great platform to build on that's great um, <clears throat> Richard, maybe just just on top of that in terms of the leverage what's your what's your confidence zone in terms of, of leverage uh, assuming yeah. additional activity yeah the question of leverage um, Definitely, if you combine both uh, the senior and the junior debt, I mean, uh, we don't want to go over three, and ideally, we want to stay in the low twos, okay? But but uh, but from a senior net debt perspective, we're way below two, so we're we're currently very comfortable with the level we're at. Uh, but obviously, as you know, we've always been very cautious on how we manage our balance sheet in the previous years, and and and, and that and that culture uh, will never will not change. So on a going uh, on a forward basis. If you leave, if we put aside any new big projects that that could will arise, uh, we're going to be uh, trying to maintain it and reduce it from where it stands today. Okay. Um, since we're on the subject of uh, you know segments that you want to uh, focus on, um, just wondering in terms of the strategic review of, of some of the legacy businesses that was announced a few quarters ago, have been put on hold given the you know CEO uh, transition, or is that still ongoing? Now, well, the, the, not on hold per se, but obviously the, the assessment of those opportunities and the various options that are open to us have been uh, have been uh, 
on hold, I guess delayed, okay? But, but, the, but, but it's all happening in the background of things. So we're still assessing um, those, those various portion of our business that are probably not as strategic on a go, on a go forward basis. So uh, we have not stopped that assessment, just, just delayed it a little bit in order to, as you know, complete the acquisition of Azure, okay? And, and, and make sure we close our year with Azure integrated uh, with five and plus uh, numbers, but but that assessment of those businesses that that we don't see as strategic is is, is continued. It's ongoing, okay, and um, and and it's definitely uh, back on top of of the various things that we have to tackle this year. Okay, and last question for me, uh, just on the margin side, Q4 on adjusted in the no margin, fifteen point six percent. That's your highest number. Uh, Quarterly for for the year, um, I'm assuming Azure's you know strong revenue had, had, had something to do there with that. Um, just given that Azure's contribution can can vary on a quarterly basis, I guess maybe on a, on an annual basis, um, what sort of, of range are you looking at in terms of a sustainable margin profile for five and plus with you know with Azure on a on an annual basis? Okay. Um... With the info on hand that we have today, we see we see an improvement versus 2021, but but not to the extent of 2020. Okay, that's that's uh, expressed as a percentage. Okay, in absolute terms, it will be better though. And it is something I think that we 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 will be working very hard on with the commercial strategy. I think that's you know our unique position in terms of go-to-market strategy, market segmentation, value pricing. I think it's all about increasing these margin, making them more attractive for the market, and uh, you know, again, playing the Western world advantage of five and plus. Great, thanks for taking the question. Thanks. Thank you. Your next question comes from Nick Agostino with Laurentian Bank. Please go ahead. Uh, yes. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I guess. Gervais, uh, for you, the, you've spoken in the past about um, obviously putting through some pricing increases given given the inflationary pressures. You guys are going through a contract renewal cycle right now, and you also talked about uh, better appreciation for for five ends value proposition and making sure that your pricing uh, recognizes that as well. So, I'm just wondering um, through the course of Q4 and as we sit here in Q1. How have those types of conversations um, been received by your customers when, when you talk about higher pricing, not just for inflationary purposes, but to truly recognize the value proposition you guys are bringing forward? Are your customers receptive to, to your uh, points or, or are you getting any, any type of pushback? Well, you know, we're always getting some pushback. But this year, to be honest, talking about price increase, it's something quite easy because we're all, everybody's expecting price to increase. The, now what we want, what needs to be done is make sure that we can differentiate ourselves and talk about value. Because at the end, it's not only about pricing, but the value that your product is bringing to, the, to their products. And this is why we're moving from, cost, from just a relation from customer-supplier to partnering, looking at the how can we grow the pie together, how can we create more value together, how can a simple change sometime in specification can add on value. And 
I think that's the, the, the name of the game for the commercial strategy, is to step back, look at the big picture, look at who's competing with 5M, what can we provide as a, a value uh, distinctive approach to our customers, and making sure that they, they can see the full picture. And uh, we, we should never take for granted that the, cost, the customer is, kept, is uh, understanding the full value chain. Then I think we're, we're both learning. It's a learning process. We got some early successes, and I'm quite excited to continue and uh, to deploy the commercial strategy with our top 20 customer next year, or this year, sorry. We're, we're already in 2022. Time is flying so fast. <laughs> is it possible that you can quantify how much of a pricing increase you anticipate? It, obviously, it, it varies by, by metal and varies by application, but if you can quantify how much of a pricing increase you think you can get uh, just just by by way of the value proposition that you believe is not fully being appreciated. It, it depends of the market we're referring to. It depends of the products. It depends of the regions. But we are, you know, that's why the analysis needs to be done customer by customer, looking at their ne next best alternative and their next best alternative, both in terms of where they're sourcing from, freight strategy, de-risking, talking about. China or Western world, and then also R&D capabilities to develop the next generation of products. That we need to make sure that in every scenario, they are able to see the full value proposal of 5N. Then it, it is changing from one customer to another, and we do have more closer relationship with some, but the, the extent is how can we make sure that we're leveraging that capability across the board and we're targeting the right customers for the future. And this is why I think the value over volume, when you have a, when you have a backlog, it's all about value over volume. You don't want just to use your capacity. You want to maximize your value. And this is, the, this is what the strategy is all about. Already a combination of addressing inflation and the, uh, the value. In some regions, the topic of inflation is definitely easier to deal with than others, like Europe. Okay. Uh, and then just, I, I, maybe you talked about this earlier, Richard, but uh, the whole freight and consumables cost impact, uh, I think in Q3 is about $1.5 million that you guys uh, quantified. I don't recall if what, what the level was for Q4. Is that something you can call out? I think I've mentioned it earlier. Uh, there was one question about uh, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the exact figure, Andy, but it's uh, in a similar range. Okay. Okay. I I heard a discussion, but I didn't I didn't quite catch it. Um, and then my 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 last question is: You guys are still comfortable when it comes to tellurium pricing? It can, they continue to go down. I think on the Q3 call, you you indicated probably two quarters out. We should start to see the the margin benefits. So, let's call it Q1, Q2. Are you guys still comfortable with with that uh, with that analogy, given given what you're seeing right now? And I can only assume that the project Saint Laurent will only add uh, to to what the what the metal pricing is doing right now. Are you, so, but my question is simply: Are you guys still comfortable with? Uh, I guess better margin relief on the tellurium side, just getting more pricing is going. Yeah. The, the 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 better margins on a forward-looking basis will, will be out of one 
the sales mix because we we make different things and we provide different services around the well, Ethereum. Just if you name this one, and and yes, by default, if you then then on let's say uh, another aspect is is the whole thing of of Project Sanaran becoming um, uh, starting being commissioned and else and then then as you refer to uh, uh, notations around metals and else, the combination of those two will give us a fairly a uh, high level of confidence that profitability will improve in 2022 um, and, and a bit more from a time perspective in the second half than the first half. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Mr. Jacques, Mr. Perron, you may proceed. Okay, well, uh, we'd like to thank you all guys to have joined us this morning and uh, we wish you a good day. Merci beaucoup à tous. Thank you very much. Merci. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.